Welcome to week 127 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven. That over there is Travis. This over here is Travis. That guy right there. Um, hey. That's me. Uh, we're TGIF hey. podcast. We talk about all the shows that aired on TGIF 30 years after they air. And uh, these are shows that would have aired when, Travis? These would have aired uh, February 21st, 1992. And a few things to get into first. First, uh, thanks Nick Adams for the theme song this week. Nick Adams, OG. Uh, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFCast. You can uh, shoot us emails, TGIFCast at gmail.com. And that's the best place to send your very own version of the theme song as well. Send them. You want them. You play them. Uh, before we get into the episodes this week, we do need to look at what was going on in the world 30 years ago. And uh, a bunch of stuff was going on. Um, first thing I pulled was February the 15th. This is when uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was pronounced guilty for uh, the killing of, uh, let me get the number right, because it was a lot, uh, 15 boys he killed, and they, he was found guilty for all of them. There was a, a news thing about that in the last in last week's Billy, because we had the Billy with all the like little commercials and what's coming up on the news. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And that, yeah. Was, that was, I think, like little news blurb before 2020 that they were going to talk about. Um, on the 20th of February, on the Larry King Live show, this is where Ross Perot announced that he was running for president. Good for him. <laughs> I just I just think of like Saturday Night Live characters of, of Ross Perot. I can't remember who played him, but just like the was giant it, ears and everything. Yeah. Oh, man. Dana Carvey. It was Dana comes, Carvey, right? I think was it was it Dana, Dana Carvey? Carvey. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know too. if I'm thinking that just because of the rest of, you know, because of the movie. Because, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Wayne's World in a minute, but I don't know. Search for it. Just type in. I, I am. I am. I am. And I'll do the next story. Um we got the Winter Olympics going on right now, and also it's Dana, Dana Carvey. Okay, Dana Carvey. Uh, yep. Winter Olympics were also going on in uh, 1992, and uh, on the 21st of February, Christy Yamaguchi was the first Asian American to win a gold medal in the uh, Winter Olympic Games for ice skating. That's cool. Yeah. Was it Japan then as well? Was it in Japan? Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. 1992. I thought Winter it was Olympics. Nagasaki. No, Canada, Albert, Albertaville, Albertville. That's right, that because Canada? that's when um, they were doing the. Uh, oh, it's France, not Canada. It's France. N- Albert, Albert, Albertville. Okay, never mind. Never mind what I was going to say then, because it has no impact at all. Yeah, I don't know. I, Albertville sounds like a place in Minnesota and not a place in France, but uh, well, that's why we'll call it Albertville, yeah. France. We'll go with that. Sure. Um, what about uh, movies, music? What was number one this week? I thought you said there were four things. I was, look, I was looking. There was. I took the fourth thing. off because it was on the fourteenth and not uh, on the fifteenth, so it was well, the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. So number one film is Wayne's World, which is a great movie. I was going to watch it tonight, but because I thought we were going to be recording on a different day, but we we rescheduled. So I'll get to it by the time we record next week. Uh, but yeah, Wayne's World. Who doesn't love Wayne's World? Um, and number one song, same old song. I'm too sexy, right? Said Fred. It's only, it's only two song, weeks, right? Two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. Yeah, it's not it's not Michael Jackson's black and white. All right, so let's get into it. We've got four. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh, birthdays. Who do we got? We have a birthday. Uh Josh Byrne. Josh Byrne is Brendan on Step by Step. 
Uh, his birthday was, I just lost it. So I feel bad. There it is. February 15th. Uh, so that would have been Tuesday. So happy birthday, Josh. 38. Is he on Twitter? Did you send him out a happy birthday tweet? I didn't. I haven't, I haven't done anything. Let's see, to... if he, let's see if he's on there after we're done recording. I think, I don't think he is. I, he, I feel like he's one of those ones that has been difficult for me to find like any kind of. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah, way to reach out to him. I don't know if he did a lot of acting after Step by Step. Probably not. I mean, I got his IMDb pulled up right here. Let's see what we got here. Uh, no, he did like six things. He step well, no, after Step by Step, nothing. Nothing. Um, he did a couple things before. He was in Who's the Boss for a few episodes. A show called The Family Man. I'm not really. I don't really know it. He was in a couple episodes of that. And a, and then a looks like maybe a movie, Mr. Saturday Night. Yeah, a movie. Sure. Billy Crystal. He was in that. All right. Uh, now, you want to get in the episodes? I'm good. We can go. Let's do it. All right. So our first, uh, our 8.30, 8 o'clock slot, uh, Family Matters, Season 3, Episode 19. The name of this episode is Woman of the People and starts off in the living room. We've got uh, Richie, who we found out has a dentist appointment coming up, and uh, Rachel's trying to get him to go to the dentist, but he's hidden the keys. But uh, she- We don't know that. We don't know that he's hidden the keys. I mean, I put that he hid the keys before any of this other stuff, but um, Rachel asked him where the keys are. He's like, I, I, or she doesn't even say where. She doesn't even ask him. She says, "I'm looking for my keys. We need them." And he's like, "I don't know. I haven't seen them." I feel like it's pretty obvious right there, but um, she's like, <laughs> "Oh, you know what? I made a mistake. You don't have a dentist appointment today. Today's actually the day I was going to take you to the zoo." And then that's where he's like, oh, I know where the keys are. They're like in the fireplace <laughs> yeah, behind like something. Behind the, behind the starter log <sighs> in the fireplace. And then uh, she's like, oh, just kidding. It is the dentist. And, and then he's like, oh, man, you tricked me bad. And that's kind of your intro this week. <laughs> he did steal the keys. I was, you know. Yeah. So then we go um, to the school where we're having our like SCA meeting. Um, they're talking about. Student council, yeah. Yeah, they're talking about the prom. Um, Steve comes in, who is like a reporter for the school newspaper. I don't know if he's been doing that for multiple episodes. I don't really remember it, though. This is the first time I'm aware of the Muskrat Times and his involvement. There's a photographer in there, too, from the uh, Muskrat Times who's going to come into play a little later. But uh, Laura stands up, and she suggests that uh, they need to elect a representative, uh, a student representative, to go to the next school board meeting because there's a lot of important things that the school needs right now that just aren't happening. Yeah, and the whole the whole gist is here is that Cassie Lynn doesn't care about anything except for the prom and 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 be doing, you know, prom type stuff. Laura wants to actually talk about issues and get things done around the school that need to be done. Yeah, and I guess we need to be clear, uh Cassie Lynn's like the president, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, she is. She is. So she's blowing off Laura and everything she says. And then um after she's blows her off a few more times, Cassie Lynn announces that she's going to be running for a second term as president. And it seems like no one wants to run against her. Like, no one steps up and says they're going to run yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah. And then Principal Shimada interrupts and says that, you know, democracy, it's something on the lines of like democracy is always better when you've got, well, like got more options. Yep. And then uh, Steve Urkel jumps in and nominates Laura to run for president against Cassie Lynn, where uh, the principal seconds the nomination. And it looks like we are going to have a true election, two, con- or two candidates. Cassie Lynn versus Laura Winslow. Yeah, and Laura accepts somewhat begrudgingly, but she's easily talked into it. Yeah, and I wrote down that Cassie was talking a bunch of trash to to Laura, like she's got no chance or something. 
She does to her face, but then as when Laura leaves, Cassie is talking to her friend whose name I wrote down later because I didn't. Becky know it Sue. Up front. Is it Becky Sue? Okay, yeah. Becky Sue, and she's Cassie's worried because she's like Laura's smart. She's she's well liked. I don't know if she calls her popular, but um, she's she's nervous that she's gonna get beat by Laura. Yep. So we go back to the Winslow's house now. And oh, oh, real quick. Yeah. What she what they also so so what she decides is she wants um, Becky Sue. Is that the name? Yeah. To to help her dig up some dirt on Laura and Becky Sue is like Laura doesn't do anything wrong like that it's virtually impossible to find any dirt on her but uh, but yeah, there's plenty of dirt on you if we want to look <laughs> um, so at the Winslow's house now uh, there's a neighborhood meeting going on there's a bunch of joking and stuff everyone's kind of goofing around but then Carl steps up and says this is serious uh, there's a lot of crime going on in the neighborhood. And uh, I think we need to have a uh, neighborhood watch. Oh, and by the way, I want to be the leader. Oh, yeah, and that too. And um, <laughs> that's why he called everyone there. He wants to be the leader. And the group actually thinks that Harriet should be the leader. They think um, she's perfect for the job. They don't even really acknowledge uh, Carl like wanting to do it. And uh, they all kind of nominate and eventually vote her in as the leader of the neighborhood watch. Yeah, and they give good reasons too. I mean, she's a good leader. She, they say she's got a security background, so they they feel comfortable with her doing that part of it all. Um, they really they really give her a good platform. Even though I mean, Carl is a cop, but yeah, uh, and he's kind of mad about this whole thing. Like he really wanted it. He thought this is his idea, something that he would. It was get, his idea, and yeah. yeah, and he wants it. And it's kind of funny because there's like these two like elections going on: the one at the school, and then the one here, and like different members of the Winslow family like wanting it and not wanting it. There's definitely some parallels going on in the two. Oh, absolutely. That's, yeah, absolutely. And then I wrote down uh, Harriet puts Bob Backlund in, uh, or puts uh, Carl and Bob <laughs> Backlund's finishing move, the cross-faced chicken wing. Yeah, she does because Carl's like, what would you do if a big thug was coming at you? And she, yeah, does that, puts him in a cross, cross-faced chicken wing? Cross-faced chicken wing. Yep, that's the one. Cross-faced chicken wing, that's the, okay. Uh, pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yep. from here, we go back to the school. Um, Laura's hanging up campaign posters. She's up on a ladder above the lockers. And then uh, something happens. She starts to wobble. She falls off the ladder. But luckily, Steve Urkel is there to catch her. Yeah, yeah. And at the at the same time, Cassie and Becky Sue are kind of milling around the lockers, bumming out that they haven't got any, any dirt on Laura. Yeah, and uh, I say luckily he catches her, but maybe not, not luckily because uh, Becky Sue has her camera and she is ready to snap photos of Laura in Steve Urkel's arms. And now we have the dirt that uh, Cassie Lynn wanted Scandalous. against Laura. We've got these photos. Yeah. Cassie Lynn tells Laura that uh, they're going to put them in the school paper. Everyone's going to think that she likes this nerd, Steve Ar- Urkel, and she's got 24 hours to drop out of the race or she's going to publish them all. <laughs> This is the worst blackmail I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, you think so? This is awful dirt. I think it's like, a good, good plan. It's an awful plan. Like, who cares? Do you really think that that, that school is going to care if, if there's a picture of of, of Urkel and, and Laura floating around? I don't know. There might be. But uh, Laura tells Steve she's not going to drop out. This is her, her race to win. And uh, Steve Urkel gets very excited that she's still in it. Yeah, she's going to stand up to Cassie. She's going to do do the right thing. So we then go back to the house and uh, Harriet is talking to Rachel and Estelle about the neighborhood watch. Um, did you get down their nicknames? 
I, you know, it's like yeah, hot, thought, hot mama is Estelle, I think. I thought about it and I was like, yeah, but of course you're going to ask. Um, did I, I write down any of them? I wrote, I wrote down, down Ed- Eddie's I wrote for down sure. Eddie's. And then I, I'm pretty sure Estelle was hot mama, but I don't remember what Rachel was. But uh, it yeah. was like it was like gold eagle or like iron, like steel eagle or hers is probably eagle, the but, least then she, but then she changed it. She changed it this twice or once. She changed it to a different name like halfway through. Anyways, they've got these nicknames. They're uh, talking about and planning like what they're going to do in the neighborhood watch. They've got training going on. Carl's on the couch this whole time too, kind of like just criticizing and bad talking like everything that Harriet does. To try to yeah, and Harriet tells Carl that uh, Carl, you're actually going with them. Like, don't worry if they're two ladies out at night. You're going to be going with them to uh, parole the uh, neighborhood to make sure there's no crime going on. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and then and then go ahead. And, well, I guess the next part of this too, which she says, oh, by the way, your your leader is uh, is Captain Funky Fresh, who who is Eddie. Um, they really have like zero respect for Carl in this episode. Cause I mean, I understand that he's being a grump and he's being difficult, but like he is a cop who, who kind of knows like, what he's doing, right? Knows what he's doing. And like, he, they're not even going to let him be the, like the group leader for his, his group. They're going to have his teenage son do that, which I mean, I it just, the whole thing is kind of, I get, I get that it's for a show, but like the man is a police <laughs> officer. Like, yeah. he's qualified yeah and no one else is i mean harriet certainly is because she has a security background but for the four people that are going out on patrol like come on come on i feel like captain funky fresh needs some more like commentary on him but uh maybe not he's he's very into the idea of uh doing this he says he's going to get to watch like the neighbor late at night he wants to go skateboarding on patrol <laughs> He's just happy to be out out late at night, being able to do kind of, kind of what he wants and and not have to worry about curfew. Yeah. So then we go back to the school. Uh, Cassie Lynn's campaigning, like handing out something for free to all the students. Locker locker sashes. No, I'm sorry. I wrote. I knew I was going to do this as soon as I wrote this word because I don't know if I spelled it right. Locker sachets. What is a locker um, sachet? It's like a it's like a pot potpourri. Like it's a oh, you know like a cloth sure. thing filled with you know whatever lavender and whatever you put in it. So Cassie Lynn's handing all those out because she's rich and she does say that's why she's handing them out. And then uh, Steve and Eddie come in, and this is where we've got the uh, the backfire plan coming in. Um, Steve goes over and talks to Cassie Lynn. The bell rings. Um, Steve asks Cassie Lynn if she's uh, still going to publish those photos. Cassie Lynn, of course, says yes. And then uh, she says, all fair, all's fair in love and politics. And then Steve says, oh, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> and then Steve dips Cassie Lynn over, kisses her on the lips while Eddie Winslow is on the other side of the hall taking photos of the entire thing. <laughs> It's a little, it's a little cringy, but yeah, that's what happens. Steve probably would have gotten expelled if this was 2022. 100 percent i mean he's sexually assaulted her for what that yeah for what that's worth um so where are we at here Da-da-da. basically and at this point urkel's like now i've got you you promise she's he's like she's like what do you want me to do drop out and he's like no i don't want you to drop out just if you don't publish your pictures we won't publish ours and we'll all be good to go and cassie lynn's like fine she leaves, and then we find out, of course, from Eddie. We, you had to know something was going to be <laughs> going to go wrong. Eddie admits to Urkel that he's glad that she accepted because he forgot to take the lens cap off of the off the camera. Yeah, no actual photos were taken. So no uh, photos were taken. Then uh, we go back to the Winslow's house. Um, 
Miss Putney, is that her name? That's what I wrote down. Putnick. And Miss Putnick, Putnick, she was around earlier in the episode when they were when the whole neighborhood was together. She's she's a neighbor, Miss Putnick. Um, she comes over and uh, brings a pie in the house. She brought it for Harriet. Harriet's not home, so she gives it to Carl and uh, tells Carl that they, she baked her this pie because Harriet actually caught this creep that was trying to break into her house, and she wanted to hang, thank Harriet for being such a great watch leader. She also rubs in a little bit and says, you must be really proud of your wife for how, how great she is. You know, it's funny. I was thinking, I was like, when's the last time somebody made a pie for me? And then I was like, oh, you know what? Steve's wife brought me a pie like a month ago, and it was delicious. Oh, how about that? It was. Um, and then I wrote down Sad Carl, because it kind of like goes into commercial break with him just like looking real sad into the camera. <laughs> well, he it, it all clicks for him. He gets it. He realizes that he's been a jerk and that, that Harriet is more than capable of doing what she's doing. So back at the school, it is now the time we've all been waiting for the announcement of the election results. And uh, just by a couple ten, couple dozen votes, uh, Laura wins. She is now the school SCA president, and uh, most of the audience crowd in the hallway, students uh, all cheer for Laura as she wins. I feel like it was more than that. I thought it was like 100 votes. No, it's three something to three something. I didn't write down the exact numbers. I thought it was okay. Three twenty something to three forty something, something like that. I thought it was more, but she won. I also think it's interesting you say SCA because I wonder if that is a universal term. A universal term, like I know what you're talking about because we grew up in the same school system, yeah. so we all had SCAs. But like that's that that was our student. You know, I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of people use SGA, the Student Government Association. Okay. Okay. I think SG, yeah, I just, SGA might be more common. I think you're right. Like yeah, because I I hear student government a lot. SCA. Like I said, I know what you're talking about because we were there doing the same thing or we, we, you know, around the same thing. So Cassie Lynn, of course, wants a recount. Um, she's not going to win, obviously. But uh, Steve does not mention to Laura this uh, plan that he had that he and uh, Eddie went through with to uh, get her to not publish those photos. He makes no mention right. of it. No mention. No. Um, so after we get the announcement, we go back to the living room of the Winslow's house. And this kind of wraps up the whole episode. Uh, Harry gets home. Carl's in the living room. Harriet's tired. Carl, um, she's, she's exhausted. Like she is physically, you can see that she's intended to be like just absolutely exhausted. Yeah. The first thing Carl does is, uh, calls Harriet a goddess and then, uh, tells Harriet that, uh, Miss Butnick brought over the pie and Carl tells her that uh, she was right. She is perfect for the uh, neighborhood watch leader. He apologizes for the way he was acting and everything he said and for getting mad that she got the job and uh, tells her that she's doing a great job and really she's great at everything she does. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then they have their, uh, their step-by-step moment. Yeah, let's go upstairs and really make up. And then, uh, and then Estelle says, Carl, you can be the leader this time. Well, that'd be really weird if Estelle said that. Oh. Uh, Harriet, Harriet says that. Yeah. yeah, Harriet says that. That's the end of the episode. That's it for uh, Family Matters this week. Yeah, it's a good episode. Uh, I, there, was something, there was something a little anticlimactic about the whole election. Like, yeah. I feel like, Nor- I don't know. I really can't put my finger on it. I feel like when you see this in other kid sitcoms, there's like a lot of, there's a lot more pomp and circumstance around it. Maybe that's kind of the, I don't know. But there was something that was just a little bit anticlimactic about it. Yeah, it might have been the whole thing where they were trying to do two stories in the same episode. Like, they could have probably just focused on the election and used the neighborhood watch somewhere else. But it kind of like, yeah. I don't know. It worked. It, I mean, it worked. It worked. I just, I just, 
it's a little it was a little bit different than what you normally see in these kind of episodes i feel like like yeah. if, what, what you would see in like a save by the bell or, or something and like i that. think that's why though i think because they because had time, these two yeah. stories going on they don't have time sure. to do focus just on one they kind of yeah, yeah yeah sure sure uh, 8.30, Step by Step, Season 1, Episode 18. The name of the episode is School Days. It starts off with Cody in the living room with Brendan and Mark, and he is uh, telling them a scary monster story. But uh, it's not working. Kids aren't scared. <laughs> Mark, and, Mark and Brendan are like, whatever, Cody. Yep, so they go off to bed. Uh, Cody opens the front door. There's lightning. There's a cat making noise. He gets <laughs> scared. He says, hey, guys, wait up. And then he runs upstairs, and that's kind of your intro this week. That was cute. Unrelated to the rest of the episode, but uh, they had to fit Cody in somewhere because that's all we see him. I think this episode. Uh, yeah, I think you might be I right. I think that's it. I think you might be right. Um, so after the theme song, we come back in the kitchen. Uh, JT and Al are both drinking chocolate milk the JT way. Frank comes down. Um, well, well, there's a there's another line here. There's a part of this that I think is important to mention because so yeah, so JT does the chocolate milk thing. Milk chocolate sauce in his mouth then he he pours the hot the chocolate sauce and the milk in al's mouth for her and then the the all the lamberts uh are all the fosters i'm getting so confused right now fosters right foster all the carol's kids are like that's gross how can you do that whatever and they're like what does your dad think of that and 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 uh, jt says that that frank thinks says that one day jt will be as good as he is yeah so this is this is a family thing definitely a family thing and frank has passed it along to the kids right um so let's see from there we find out that uh carol is talking about wanting to finish college she uh looked up some stuff she realizes she's only got four courses left to go and she thinks she's going to go back to school yeah she needs to finish her business her uh, excuse me she needs to renew her beauty license and that's what leads her to kind of like look at all these classes i just registered for summer school today no funny good for you thanks man i didn't but but no, okay. you already got your master's, so you're way ahead of me. Um, mine didn't count. Uh, let's see. So later in the living room, we've got the uh, Lamberts watching WrestleMania. It's on TV, um, which is weird to me. I feel like it's not WrestleMania. Like nothing about that makes sense time wise, or like they're only a little early. They're a little early, but they're also like it just seems like a weird time of day. I don't. Not, not, it didn't. It didn't jive as WrestleMania. Yeah, um, the Fosters are on the table kind of in the back of the living room doing homework, which I've never yep. seen anyone sit at before other than this episode. And uh, the Fosters are, com- or no, the yeah, the Fosters are complaining because they're unable to get their work done because it's just too loud with everyone watching wrestling. Yeah, and, and throughout this episode, the, the Lamberts are just like, we don't care about school. School's stupid. We don't care. We don't care. All we want to do is watch wrestling. I don't blame them. I don't know. <laughs> JT's like I, all, I. It's later on, but I didn't write it down. But he says something like, "All my my lifelong goal is just to be get out of school, not to not to go back to school." Right, right, right. Um. So then Carol gets back home, and we find out that she signed up for classes. Not only like a class, she signed up for all four. They're all running at the same time. She's she's going to try to take four classes, do everything at home, and run the uh, beauty salon at the same time. Four classes is a lot for a full time student. Yeah. Let alone like somebody who has other things to do. A lot of other things to do. Yeah. That there's no way. I mean, like I could have told her right away. There's no way that she, I I wouldn't have, I would not have been supportive. If she had been like, I I can do this, support me. I would have been like, no, you can't. We're not, you're not doing four classes. Yeah. And Frank's kind of taking your uh, view of things. He thinks that it's too much for her to do, but Carol thinks she can do it. She's made a whole new schedule of how she's going to get it done. 
And then uh, Frank's big concern as he switches quickly back into horny Frank, he's just worried there's not going to be any sexy time for him up in the bedroom. Yeah, it's probably right. <clears throat> probably right. Um, so then we've got uh, Carol uh, reading and cooking in the kitchen. She's got a bunch of like little like bell timers going off, like reminding her of everything she's trying to do, which is a lot. She's trying to bake like meatloaf and yeah, something else. It's like else every and- 15 seconds, a new timer goes off and she knows what they all are somehow. I don't know how that works, but every 15-ish seconds, a new timer goes off and she's reading, attending the timer, reading, attending the timer. Reading. Yeah, and as all that's going on, Dana comes down. She wants um, her mom to listen to her reader paper. JT mm-hmm. comes down. He needs his shirt ironed. Uh, Frank gets home at this point. The doorbell rings. She starts freaking out because she doesn't recognize the sound of the doorbell anymore. <laughs> Uh, Penny runs out of the beauty salon freaking out because she's overwhelmed by the one customer that they have. One customer, yeah. And then Carol realizes at this point that she forgot to pick up Brendan from school, so she's got to run out of the house to go pick him up. You did a really good job, except you forgot that Mark comes down and he just starts complaining about the fact that Brendan has left this Alamo model on the kitchen. And that's that's how she realizes that she she, um, forgot about Brendan. Yeah, so... uh, Carol runs out to go pick up Brendan, and then when she runs out, Penny runs back in from the beauty salon with just clumps of hair, saying that <laughs> she hopes there's a good lawyer because she, somehow this, I don't know, this uh, client has lost all of her hair. She's got off her hair, yeah. I, don't know I, I thought maybe that it was that. like under the dryer too long and it like broke off or something. Eh, we'll never know. Either way, uh, they've got a bald client, so they're in trouble. Uh, then we go to like at night, we're in the bedroom. It's time for bed. Frank's pretty much already sleeping. Carol is, uh, doing homework, studying in the bed, keeping Frank up with like different noises, like trying to use an electric pencil sharpener and then like a giant Sharpie marker to, it just has the lights on too, which is, and the lights are on. Yep. bit frustrating. Um, he, he mentions that he hasn't gotten a good night's sleep in a week and, uh, just thinks that she's really doing too much. Like this is too much to handle. And she's like, I've got a test tomorrow. I've got to study, but Frank's like, you've really got to get some sleep. That might be more important than studying any more than you've already done. So they turn the lights off, and then uh, Carol goes under the covers, turns on a little flashlight, and continues to study throughout the night. Yep, that's what she does. So uh, then we go to Carol's school. I like how, uh, real quick, I'm sorry. I like how she had that flashlight handy. Like, like, uh, like knew it was going to happen. Big size flashlight just under the covers ready to go. <laughs> uh, we go to Carol's school. Uh, the teacher says, time is up, turn in your papers, and then uh, they go pan over to Carol's desk where she is fast asleep at her desk. Right, she's passed out. Um, then we go to Frank and Dana in the kitchen. Uh, Frank's trying to do a crossword puzzle. He asks Dana what a five-letter word for for honest is, and she says Frank, and then one of those dumb jokes where they just go back and forth saying, no, what's a five-letter word for honest? Frank, no, 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 no. You know what I'm talking about? Do you, do you think Frank would be good at Wordle? I do know what you're talking about. Do you think Frank, Wordle? Frank would be good at Wordle? No, at I don't Wordle? think so. Maybe no. Loodle for sure. Yeah, Loodle's tough. He'd be great at Loodle. Um, so Carol gets home at this point. Um, she says, oh, yeah, I did great on the test. Um, and then goes into the living room. And Dana and Frank immediately know that she bombed the thing. Like, the way she's acting, the way yeah. she's talking, she did not do well. So Frank goes into the living room after her. She starts to cry, saying she blew the test, and uh, she tells Frank what happened, that she fell asleep on the desk, um, and this is where Frank offers to uh, pitch in a little more. He's going to offer to help run the house so she can uh, take her classes, focus a little more on that, 
And uh, she, and she's nervous about this because because yeah. she's like you you can't do this like you can't like you don't know how and and he doesn't disagree with her but he says he is going to try his best to do what he can yeah and um, Frank tells her to give him her schedule and uh, he will get everything done like not to worry yeah. about it. Yeah. So then we go probably the next day. Uh, Seems like the next day. Frank is in the kitchen. Um, this is breakfast time. He's burning the kids' waffles. He forgot to dry, dry JT's gym shorts. He forgot to bake Al's cookies. He has to help Brendan finish the uh, the Alamo, and it's just a mess already. And the day really he's hasn't made, yeah, he's started. made lunch for everybody, but the the Fosters want nothing to do with it. So. Yeah, so eventually all the kids go off to school. Carol comes down, and uh, this is where Carol gives uh, the list of things to do to uh, to Frank, and he is immediately overwhelmed by the length of this list. First thinking it's something that he's got like till the weekend to do, and then find out <laughs> that, no, this is just today's list of things. Yeah, and he's got the, – the list is like sing, a piece of paper, a piece of notebook paper, handwritten – both sides with things to do. Yeah, because he's like reading it and he's like, oh no, there's a chapter two and then he flips it over for like the rest <laughs> of it. Um, so then uh, we go, we skip a little bit to after school. Um, it's not going well. Like everything no. is going wrong. Um, he's got clothes everywhere. The kitchen's a mess. He's trying to do the timer thing and then he too realizes that he forgot uh, Brendan yeah. at school. So some of the things he's like, he shrinks like JT's like lucky t-shirt. He has shrunk it to toddler size. Like you said, the dinner he made is ruined. Uh, It's a mess. Yeah. So I think uh, he, JT and Al all go off to pick up Brendan. And as they're leaving the door, he sets the iron down on the ironing board on top of his shirt. And I think it starts to smoke immediately. It does. It does. So, I expect the house to be burned down, but somehow they leave, go pick up Brendan, come back, and there's like a baby fire on top of the ironing board. Which I thought about that because I was like, eh, but it makes sense. My guess is that that thing would have burned down in like two minutes. No, so the the my guess is that the 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 cloth on the covering board is like anti, you know, is like the kind that is going to melt and not flame up, so that it doesn't do that, and that's why it didn't catch a big fire. Now let me ask you, as the professional. Have you ever seen a house fire that has started from an iron? No, I mean, on a bed, sure, but not on an ironing board. Sure. Um, well, yeah, you had a bed on fire and your house might as well burn. Is but I mean, that whole like shirt would have been minutes. in flames. There wouldn't have just been a hole in the shirt. That would have definitely Yeah, but that up. shirt, it's not a lot of fuel. It'll burn quick and then and then be over. How and long then do you the, think it takes to get to school and back? 15 30 minutes? 30 minutes. 30 even. No. But, but, but you got to think about it. Think, think about it this way. The shirt's going to burn quickly. It's not going to go, it's not going to have a like sustained flame, right? It's going to be a quick burn. And it's all, my guess is that the cover that it is on, that is on, that is on the ironing board is designed to not flame up. It's designed to like be anti, yeah. anti flame. I don't know. So then all you've got is a, is an iron. We should test it. You want to do it at my house or yours? Not my house, but I have an ironing board. Um, oh. But my guess is then you just got an iron, an iron on a on a metal ironing board. I hate saying the word iron like fifty times in a row because I sound like an idiot. But then you just have metal on metal, and that's not going to do anything. So right. I think you're fairly safe. I think it depends what their uh, floor is made out of too. That's fair. I'll give you that because it might melt on the floor and then cause the flame. But you're right. You throw that thing on a bed, and you might as well just you just call your insurance company. 
Um, all right, so they get back home, fire going. Uh, they put out the fire, the fire extinguisher. Al splashes water for no reason on Frank's face. And then Carol, Karen, and Dana get home. And Carol starts off by being mad at Frank about everything. Like, why are you doing this? Why isn't everything done? <laughs> it's like, all right, he's trying to help at least. But uh, Frank is... Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I forgot something. I wanted to say something. Uh, man, I'm, I just ruined the flow, and I apologize for this, but I, I had to get this out. So they use a fire extinguisher to put uh-huh. out the fire on the ironing board, and it made me think of last week's fire extinguisher scene in Full House or Family Matters and go back to the idea that somewhere there's a writer's room where they have fire extinguisher on the board and everybody had to figure out how to how to get that into the to the to the show. Oh, you think they were playing like a game in the writer's room? Like Oh, I think they've been doing that since since the first. We've talked about that. I think that every I think that in the main TGIF shows in the writing rooms are like, "All right, you've got to use farm animals or you've got to use like a ladder." And then the shows have to figure out how to how to So do you think we're going to get a fire extinguisher on Bill your baby talk sometime soon? Uh, I think it's, I think, see, I don't really consider those two shows, like, there's the the core shows that I look uh-huh. for these things in, but I think that those kind of, you know, short, short-lived short ones just don't have to They just same. let them do their other thing. They don't even know what their show's about. Yeah, they're not even involved. <clears throat> All right, so Frank's mad about the list and everything that he was forced to do. The two of them argue, and then, uh, I don't know, I didn't read a whole lot about that scene. It's just a bunch of arguing about, I have too much to do, you gave me too much to do, that kind of thing. It was two stressed out people having a stressed out argument that they both realize is not really, you know, not really that necessary at the end of it. So then Carol calls a family meeting. Everyone gathers in the living room and Carol says that she thinks um, she's going to quit school. It's too much. She needs to focus on family before school. And uh, she's decided that she's going to not, not go back and finish her classes. Yeah, which is a shame. But luckily, the rest of the family is like, look, we will all step up. Which, why were these kids not? I mean, Karen, Dana, like, at least, and then J, JT, like, come on. These maybe, kids maybe should have been JT. doing something. JT could do something. Yeah, JT he can do, can do but something. he's not going to offer to do or anything. Well, he and, he and he is the only one that really doesn't in this situation either. But, like, why were these parents getting them more involved to begin with? Before she even decided to go back to school. Well, yeah, so everyone says that they don't want her to quit. Mark suggests the kids can do more. JT doesn't like it. Frank thinks it's a good idea that all the kids pitch in. Everyone agrees. He makes JT agree. And we find out that Carol will stay in school, taking one course per semester, which seems much more reasonable. And uh, the decision has been made. Like a normal full-time adult would do. Do you think we'll hear the school mentioned again? I'm going to say, yeah, I think we will. I don't remember for sure, but I think we will. I don't either, but I'm, I, I, I hope we do for at least a few episodes. Um, and then they kind of just end off like talking about having sex and taking romance 101. And uh, Frank says, stick with me and you'll have a degree by midnight. And then that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Uh, Baby Talk season two, episode 18. Uh, I didn't write down the name of this one. I'm not sure what it's called. Oh, man. I'll, I'll, I'll start off while you're looking it up. So it starts yeah, off, okay. we've got our intro scene with uh, Mickey and uh, some redheaded girl. They're playing Spin the Baby Bottle. Like, not officially playing it, but you can tell that that's what they were going for. I mean, that's the intent, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mickey says, I've never even kissed anyone before. And then the redhead girl says, really? You poor baby. And then kisses him on the cheek. And then Mickey says, works every time. All right. So the name, the name is our, our, the name of this this episode is a is a really reference stretch. Uh, War and Peace. 
Oh, okay. So Warren and then the word peace, P-I-E-C-E. Warren. P-I-E-C-E peace. even. Yeah, like a piece of something. Piece of ass. That's kind girl, of what I think they're I going for. Yeah. Uh, Warren peace. That's it's kind of witty, but it's also like I, I like know. it. I'm alright with it. So not bad. It's it's a it's a thinker. After the baby talk theme song, we come back to uh, Maggie getting ready. Looks like she's going on a date. Anita's over. Yeah. Danielle's yeah. over. Door. It's James. He's there to pick up Maggie, who's uh, finally picking a dress out after I think Anita says trying on 14 different ones. Something like that. Um, and then James breaks the news that uh, Warren's coming, too. He's going to go out on their date with them, and uh, Maggie's not very happy about it. He just, She just wants uh, it to be the two of them for once, but Warren shows up, and then the three of them go off together on their date. Shannon does this to me all the time. Yeah? She's like, let's go do something. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. She's like, let's see if Steve and Ashley want to go. I'm like, why can't, why can't we just do something by ourselves? Uh, the next day, uh, we're at the park. And uh, Maggie is complaining to her mom, Doris, about Warren and how he's always tagging along with everything. Uh, there's a new, like, girl, like, young girl at the park that we hadn't met yet. Yeah, baby. Donna. And I do want to mention that she does She does tell her mom that the date was so bad and that Warren actually, like, stayed with them after the date when they came back to the apartment to, you know, unwind and, and be together, be alone. Yeah, so this scene kind of goes back and forth a lot between Mickey and Donna talking and then... Maggie and her mom talking, but it's yeah. just like complaining and then back to the babies. And then like eventually Donna tells Mickey that she doesn't have a father and they kind of uh, have this similarity going between the two of them. Uh, more complaining back to Doris. And then um, a weird scene happens here where she like flicks a piece of paper or real falls quick, out of real her quick purse or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's because it's a little. It's important to the story. Um, it's the, another character that we get introduced to here is Don, Donna's mom. Um, okay. And Donna's yeah. mom is a little weird, a little wacky. She likes to go to the it, airport, go to, or the airport to see the just to see people arrive or something like that. It's she's kind of she, she's established as like a little bit aloof and a little bit strange. Um, obviously, the whole dad thing is to also let us know that she is single, doesn't have a you know husband, boyfriend, whatever. And then this scene with the doors yeah happens. so like a piece of paper i don't i didn't see her throw it did she actually throw it towards she the trash did. can okay she threw it towards the trash can and it bounces out and you see it land on the ground then a police officer sees it happen comes yeah. over tells doris that uh she needs to not litter and then doris like gets angry with the cop kind of blows him off tells him that he needs to be doing more important things than worrying about like someone missing a trash can she kind of like defends her self by saying like the trash can's too full and that's why it bounces out he asks for her id um and then she's kind of rude to him a little more and he ends up writing her a ticket for littering yeah yeah she he writes her up right there and i mean it really was her just being a jerk and that's why he did it yeah like she wasn't going to get the ticket if she would have just said oh i'm sorry let me throw that away or something yeah like that. probably not but uh she continues to uh stand up to the cop saying that she is going to fight this one in court. Yep, she's taking it all the way. Um, so then we go to this romantic dinner we've got going on in uh, Maggie's apartment. Maggie and James eating dinner kind of right by the window. They've got candles and everything. The door, it's a knock. It's Warren. And uh, he immediately comes in, sits down on the couch, and starts watching the, uh, the Knicks game. And, and there was a reason, too. It was... Uh, Patrick Ewing came back. Patrick came back. Was that what it was? Okay. Yeah, from injury or something like that. Yeah. So James joins in on the game. He jumps in over the couch. Maggie, once again, not happy. 
and uh, tells James that she wants to talk to him. And he tries to say, all right, after this quarter, after the game, something like that. But uh, Maggie tells James, uh, get in here now. He goes, follows her into Mickey's room, and Maggie tells James that Warren is just becoming too much, and she wants some alone time, and she's not getting it because of Warren. Yep. Yeah, and there's a couple other things that happen here, too. Um, we find out, A, that Doris wants Warren to represent her uh, in court against this littering ticket because Warren is in, in law school, so she's decided that he's the best option she's got. Um, secondly, there's kind of a running parallel thing here uh, where where Mickey has this stuffed bear that he called Oh, Bobo, yeah. This, and he th- this, this is the Bobo first thing scene. is weird, I feel like. It's, I mean, it's the, it's the parallel storyline to the Warren. Bobo is Warren. Okay. So he keeps, but essentially he decides that he no longer wants this Bobo stuffed bear. And so he throws it out of his crib. Uh, and this is the first time this happens. And the first time that it is that Bobo is given back to him by, by somebody. I think James in the situation. There's one real weird scene with Bobo, like halfway through that I'll mention. when it Okay. Happens. All right. We'll get to it. Um. So... Uh, Maggie eventually says that she'll go tell Warren the problem that she just kind of wants him to be away and uh, she does she goes out to the couch Um, Warren kind of isn't seeing the whole problem with him being there and Maggie tells him that uh, they they want him to leave and then Warren sadly leaves goes back to his apartment and then as he's going out the door she's like are you still in for babysitting on Wednesday right (laughs) which James is like "Ah, that's probably not a good idea Literally it. <clears throat> so Maggie and James uh, kind of argue about Warren for a little bit after Warren leaves. And James says that Warren needs them because he doesn't really have anyone else. And Maggie's like, all right, I'll go talk to him. And then uh, she goes, leaves the apartment to go over to Warren's. And then Mickey wakes up uh, while she goes over there. So James goes into Mickey's room. Uh, we then go over to Warren's apartment where he's talking to his fish. And Maggie shows up. And we find out this is the first time she's ever even been in Warren's apartment. She hadn't seen it before this. Yeah, and the fish is a callback because earlier James is talking about how how she's kind of being mean to Warren. And she's like, what are you going to do? Go kill his fish? <laughs> that's why he's looking at his fish. So Maggie starts to apologize to Warren, but uh, he interrupts and says, you know what, you're right. And Maggie says, you know what you need, Warren, is you just need to find a woman. And she offers to help him do that. Um, they start working on like pickup lines. She's saying like, what's your pickup line? He's like, oh, I don't have any. Well, why don't you try to ask like, what time is it? And he's like, well, I got this watch that can tell me the time in all every country or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, we realize that, uh, this is going to be a lot harder than Maggie thinks. Yeah. Warren's like, why don't you hook me up with one of your friends? Yeah. She's and like, yeah, uh, maybe she says, don't worry, I'll find you someone. So yeah. We then go to a new scene where Warren is talking to Doris about the court case. And he's like, you do not have a case. You're going to be found guilty. And then this is where we get that really weird Bobo scene. Like, maybe you didn't find it as weird as I did. But, like, he, I think Mickey, like, throws Bobo once again. But then there's this, like, weird camera zoom of, like, it goes, like, in and out and in and out. And then, like, noise is like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah, yeah, Like, why did they do this? it's because he keeps throwing it away and people keep giving it back. And it's just, that's him being he's, crazy. It's driving him crazy. It's driving him crazy that he can't get rid of it's this. It's real bear weird. That, I thought it's, it's a, it's an interesting choice for baby talk. It's not, it's not the kind of thing. This is, would be more of like a, like a, just the 10 of us shot. In my opinion, you, you kind of saw this like weird, yeah, yeah. like cut, cut you know, like these short little like weird camera things. And in, in just 10 of us, it's strange for baby talk, but yeah, the whole intention is that he is just being driven crazy by the fact that he can't get rid of this bear. 
Um, let's see. So then Maggie gets home. Um, she asks Warren if he's ready for his date. And then he says, you betcha. So we find out that they, she's found someone for him to go on a date with. And then, um, there's some more. You're talk. a little off here. You're yeah? a little off okay. here. Okay. Yeah. So Warren is in James's apartment talking to him and, and James, at, you know, he's telling James that he's nervous for the date. Uh, we find out that they have a double date. It's going to be, you know, James and Maggie and Warren and, and this woman. Um, and then he goes to get in the elevator. And as he's getting into the elevator, a woman comes in the door. He actually breaks the button off the elevator panel. And See, I think you're whole... jumping ahead. No, no, no. I'm not. Definitely not. This I is think where there's, we are. well, are, where was he talking to Doris at? I don't have that note. Okay. So oh, I wait, have... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, no, it, it was at Maggie's so, because that's where like, it was the, his whole the Bobo yeah, stuff yeah, happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they go, they it. go from there. Then they go to well, no, because Maggie does say, um, "Are you ready for your date?" We don't know what the date is, but he and then he we go says, okay, and then you we betcha. go to Warren's apartment. Where then we go, yeah, yeah, James. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, you're right. So then we go to James' apartment. Warren shows up uh, at James' apartment. Warren's all nervous about the date. Um, James is like, you need to get upstairs. She's probably already up there waiting for you. Like he, his jacket's all messy, so he gives him a different jacket. And then we get uh, to going into the elevator where this girl that we've never seen before comes inside of the apartment building from outside. Uh, Warren's at this point broken the elevator and the two of them get in the elevator together and he starts like immediately talking about like elevator buttons and how like elevators work. Then they show the elevator open upstairs and she's like, shut up, shut up, shut up and like runs out of the (laughs) elevator. And as she gets out of the elevator... The uh, Maggie's apartment door opens. Maggie steps up and says, oh, I see you guys have already met. And then the girl screams and runs down the hallway and down the stairs. She just runs out. It's ugh, poor Warren. Um, so then we go to another scene where Maggie's looking through a phone book or like her own phone book, trying to find someone for Warren. She tells James that she can't find anyone. And uh, Mickey kind of comments even though no one can hear it that he he knows the perfect woman for warren yeah i like they use mickey a lot in this episode and i appreciate that um they've been doing that more so over the last few episodes which i really like so so then we get to uh the park again um warren has taken mickey to the park this time uh donna's there which means her mom's there and donna says that maybe her mom needs a boyfriend and then donna's mom and warren start like super awkwardly talking to each other awkward to us to them they they are work perfect. for each other sure they are perfect they their conversations g- melt the gel mesh uh completely they even they, are, they even have the same watch that tells them time all around the world right yes yes so yes. they talk about doris who neither of them are able to connect that the person that warren is talking about that he has his court case for for littering is the same person that uh that uh donna's mom would we know her name or no uh, you know i thought we did um i wrote donna's but, mom everywhere but yeah, anyways they start talking about like the person littering and how she saw it the other day and he's talking about how the court case is and uh Warren um, struggles to ask her out on a date, even though like Mickey and Donna are kind of like not verbally cheering them on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're things are working here. Things are going good for Warren. So I think at this point too, um, he offers to offers her to go with him to court, right? Well, she says, she says that she's never been to court, court and she's 
she, to night court, right? And she's really curious as to what what it's like. And so, yeah, he offers to to take her with him. So then we go to Maggie's. Um, James and Maggie are doing like a jigsaw puzzle. Um, Anita walks over, puts a piece in right away. Knock at the door. It's Doris, followed by Warren. She lost her case. Of course, she's upset. Maggie asks uh, Warren to um, join them. They're going to a Rangers game. And he's like, I can't go. I have a date. Everyone's surprised that he says this because uh, no one expected him to find a date on his own. And then... um, What's more surprising is that the woman has already gone out with him once and that he has a second date with her, which that's what really shocks I think her name's Cynthia because I don't know who else Cynthia would be. I got either Cynthia or Lila. So Cynthia, she must be Cynthia and Lila must have been the other friend that showed up. Yeah, because I wrote down, tells them about Cynthia and how they met at the park. Um, He says that it looks like he is out of their hair now because he's maybe found a girlfriend. And then uh, Warren gives Mickey Bobo back to Mickey. Because Bobo, because he had thrown Bobo out at the park and, and Warren found Bobo at the park. Yeah, and then Mickey says, welcome home, big guy. And then that's the end of the episode, followed by Mickey and the redhead girl uh, playing with a baby bottle once again. And like trying to kiss each other. Yeah, uh, they would have got expelled from school too, probably. <laughs> daycare, that daycare, yeah. Uh, 9.30, it's Billy, uh, season one, episode four. I didn't write down the name of this one either. This uh, is poker, I, poker Face. Poker Face. I was in a hotel watching these last night. I don't know what I was doing. But, Where uh, were you? I was in Princeton, West Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mary, Annie, and Laura in the kitchen. Billy comes in. Um, he's got a bunch You're of coffee. You're not going to talk about how they were reading Calvin and Hobbes and the girls didn't like it, and I immediately lost all respect for the 10-year-old and 7-year-old. Man, I was at uh, that uh, Cobra Burger place the other day, and they have a Calvin and Hobbes sticker, like the peeing on sticker, you know? Uh-huh. But it was peeing on a Cobra, which didn't make any sense to me. Like, I thought you always buy the sticker of, like, the opposite. Like, if you're a Redskins fan, you buy the Calvin peeing on the Dallas Cowboys star sticker. I mean, it's either A, super meta, or B, maybe they're just into that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, they're reading <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes, apparently. Billy comes in. He's got, like, 45 coffee mugs in his hand. They just, It's just a collection of every coffee cup he's used in the last, like, few days yeah. i guess uh mary gives him a hard time that he just keeps taking the coffee mugs down into the basement doesn't doesn't bring them back up doesn't clean them they're all gross yeah apparently they're, they're real gross apparently it's cups yeah uh billy tells mary that uh he wants to go see house of wax in 3d it sounds awesome i'd be that down awesome uh Mary's, have you ever seen the original one the old the old house i don't of know wax? if i have no i don't know i haven't i mean i've seen the, the you know the remake the paris hilton one yeah but i've never seen the original uh, Mary says that she's never been to a 3D movie. He talks it up on how how awesome 3D movies are, and uh, then she's like, "All right, I'll go," but uh, it's not a date. She wants to make very not clear. a date. And then uh, she tells him that uh, you know what, maybe I'm not gonna go. I think it'll just be awkward if we go with this relationship thing that we got. And then he's like, "Well, you really should. It's a lot of fun." And she's like, "Okay, I'll go." See, this is the thing that's going to frustrate me. Not the tension of the one day relationship that's going to happen, but the the constant conversation of like, this is weird and awkward. How are we going to make this work? This is just strange. And, and, and then Billy crossing, says, oh, no, don't worry. Lines. We can make it work. It'll be fine. And then she's like, oh, no, I don't know. Don't yeah. worry. It'll yeah, be okay. Yeah. Okay, let's try it. Yeah, every um, commercial tap, uh, commercials with uh, Dimatap and Surf Detergent. And then we come back to uh, David. He finds Billy in the living room and he tries to borrow uh, some money. I think he's trying to get like a hundred bucks out of him. He starts at a hundred. He starts at a hundred. Goes down to twenty-five, but gets nothing. Says it's for a date. Yeah. 
Uh, eventually, well, first he tells him date. Then he tells him it's an investment opportunity. Then he tells him it's for a poker game. And Billy says no and doesn't give him any money. Because he doesn't believe him at all until he gets to the poker game. And he's like, not going to do it. Uh, Norman and Phoebe come over. They're back. And uh, they have Well, brought- the first time we're seeing Norman. We've but- heard of Norman, but haven't seen him, right? Right. This is the return of Phoebe. Yep. Uh, they brought a wedding gift over for uh, Billy and Mary because they got married recently. And uh, Norman mentions that he had... It's coffee mugs. Oh, yeah, it is coffee mugs. And Norman mentions that he had no idea that she was getting married. He She had made no uh, comments or anything about even dating a guy. So he's kind of like thinking maybe something's going on. I don't know. Uh, well, what we find out too here is that, that Mary, Mary works for Norman, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's that's her boss, and and so that leads into a whole conversation. And I miss a part of this, I think. But they talk about how there was somebody who got who did the whole illegal marriage thing at work, and Norman found out, ratted him out. Well, it started and, off with uh, with Norman mentioning how at the dental office they need a new dentures guy because gotcha. the old dentures guy got deported, and we find out the reason why he got deported was Norman reported him and sent him back to uh, to. Scotland or something, wherever he came from. Because he found out he was an illegal immigrant, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we find out that Norman is a stickler for the law, as uh, Phoebe points out. And yep. then David comes down during well, this they also He also says specifically, too, before David comes in, that he really hates how so many people in the neighborhood are renting out these illegal apartments mm-hmm. that they're that you know they're not supposed to be. Which, of course, is what Billy is doing uh, in Mary's house. Yeah, so they're doing two things bad, and uh, these are both things that uh, Norman would normally report, it seems like. Yeah. So yeah. David comes down. He's listening to this whole conversation. He knows this is his chance to get a little more money. Um, he gets $25 out of Billy during this conversation. This is another thing. This is another just like thing that they keep using over and over is Bill is David extorting money and favors from Billy yeah, and Mary. Yeah, it's kind of funny. If it keeps going on, I think it's funny. I don't know. That's uh, right. So then we go later. Uh, David gets home. Mary tells him that he needs to do his laundry and to give Billy back the money that he took from him. And uh, he's going to have to watch the girls tonight, too. And he's like, I can't watch them. We've got a study group going on. And she's like, well, I'm going out with Billy tonight. And David does not like this. He does not want his mom going out with Billy. He thinks that he gets upset. Yeah. Yeah. He's upset by the whole thing. Um, she tells David, well, why don't you just go ahead and invite your study group over And uh, he's like, all right, I'll do that. And then Billy comes in. David goes upstairs. And uh, she tells Billy that she's having second thoughts about going out on this movie date. Even though it's really like fourth thoughts. But we'll say second just for the sake of this. I really, I don't. So I'm going to take it back a couple seconds. I don't understand Mary's, like, Whenever there's an issue with David and Mary is the one that is talking to him, it's all she never believes him at first. She's always right to not believe him. He's always lying to her. Uh-huh. And then he says something that is like barely passable as a as an explanation. And she's like, Okay, he must be telling the truth. Like the whole basketball thing in the first episode where yeah. he's like, I'm on the team. And they're, she's like, No, you're not. And he's like, No, I am. I'm on the team. She's like, Okay, have fun to practice. Like, and then and then gets mad at him later for lying to her and going to do something else. Like, I feel like she kind of explained herself, like with the motorcycle stuff. Like you got to the motorcycle made sense. I like, I totally buy the motorcycle thing. That that made sense as a parenting tactic. But I'm thinking more like the basketball situation and this situation where she's like, she immediately the smoking can, can, right. That the was smoking. The basketball. Yeah, that's a great example. That's a great example. Um, 
where she can immediately tell that he's lying. He says something, like I said, that is like barely, barely passable as an excuse. And she's like, well, he must be telling the truth now. I must have been wrong, even though she's always right. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. Yeah. So after David goes upstairs, um, she tells Billy she's having second thoughts. Uh, Dave, because David's not taking it very well. And then Billy yeah. tells her not to worry. It's going to be fine. And then starts like telling her like, I don't know, like a. What happens here is he says, don't worry, it's not a date. He's like, if it was a date, yeah. we'd be doing this. And, and he goes explains this like how his date would be, like if it was a date. And like it would be romantic date. and candles and stuff like that. And then uh, she says, well, now I'm definitely not going with you to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. So commercial break for orange juice, just plain old. Well, I think it was vitamin like, C. Yeah. Vitamin C, orange juice. Uh, everyone must have been real sick in 92 that's exactly what i was gonna say i was because the next commercial too is like like theraflu or something it's right orange juice then advil advil cold advil. sinus then uh yeah a 2020 uh preview of the woman that was raped by mike tyson and then yep. abc Barbara walter's being mean to her man yeah that's she's like the- well why did you go over to his place then yeah like God, real argument she would have been expelled if it was uh 2022 yeah she should be um but to your point, like, yeah, everyone must have had, must have been sick because every commercial is like, you must have the flu. Here's how I feel you like, don't, a, you don't I feel die. like there was a like 91, 92 flu epidemic. Well, they, they, they specifically mentioned in like one of the earlier commercials, episodes, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like the flu epidemic, try yeah. this. Um, but it's pretty wild. They could have just wild. wore masks and they would have been fine. Social distance. Yeah. Um, there was so, another commercial too. What was after the 2020 and then it ABC was sports, ABC sports. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, no, no music. I was trying to, I was trying to like preemptively guess who the late night concert. Yeah. Was yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so then Mary's talking with, uh, with Shan. That's the girl that, um, Shana, 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 that, uh, my Billy... guess was REM by the way, for the late night concert that I was like, tonight's going to be REM. Watch. <laughs> uh, this is the girl that Billy went out with like an episode or two ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mary wants her to go to the movies with him, uh, with the two of them. Feels like that's the answer for it to not be awkward, is to bring her in, and then uh, well, that way it's less of a date. It's more of yeah. just friends going to. So then we go right to the movies. Uh, Billy's in the middle of Shayna and uh, Mary, and the whole crowd's in their three D glasses and like making it look ridiculous. In my opinion, they're, like, they're moving, man. They're moving. No they one, get out of the no way one's the doing that. I don't think. I. Have I ever told you the story when I went to see the uh, Captain Captain Ian, Captain the Michael Jackson 4D movie at Disney World? No. So I was like six, and there's this character in the in the Captain EO. That was what it was, Captain EO. There's this character in there that's like just a little fuzzball alien thing that is like Michael Jackson's sidekick. And at one scene, it comes out of the screen at you. And I reached out and tried to grab this this Uh-oh. fuzzy thing. And I was like, I got it. I got Uh-oh. it. And I grabbed the lady in front of me's hair and was was pulling her hair. Not a wig, though, right? Real hair? No, not a wig. But it was still not. It, was, it might might be worse because I'm just a six-year-old pulling this pulling hair. Oh, man. I think everything was. I think everybody was okay. It was good fun. Everybody laughed at it and, and continued to watch. At least your family did. They might not have. I, I think I, I, my memory from a six-year-old, which is zero, is that everybody had everyone's a good attitude. Everyone's fine. Uh, so everyone's watching this movie, and then Norman and Phoebe come in. They're also there for the movie. They don't even understand what 3D movies are, I feel like, because like, no. they're like, what is everyone doing? I thought Your they were going to sit down. Weird. I thought they were going to sit down with no glasses, but I think someone gave them some glasses at some point. 
Yeah. Because like when they show them later, they do have glasses on. They do. Yeah, they get them on pretty quick. So um, as they are showing up, Mary is also saying she's going to go grab some like drinks or snacks or something. So she goes out into the lobby and then um, Phoebe and mm, no, Billy and Mary. No, Billy and Phoebe. No, you're right. Phoebe and Billy. Well, so it's Billy and Shayna. I wrote down Phoebe and Mary talk about the relationship, which obviously didn't happen you're, because they're not even in the same row. Yeah, this is Billy and Billy and Shayna start to talk about their relationship. Their relationship. And then something happens in the movie where they both like jump and then just end up like in a kiss, like kissing each other. Right. During because this. what happens is Shayna's telling Billy about like kind of how she likes him, how she has a thing for him. And Billy's not really paying much attention to her. Uh-huh. So he's like, uh-huh, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so she kind of misreads the situation when the 3D moment happens. She kisses him, and, and that's... Yeah, and the important thing is, though, as they're kissing, Phoebe happens to look back and see Billy and... Uh, Shayna. Shayna kissing, and then she's shocked because she thinks that Billy and Mary are married, which they are, but, like, doesn't understand the whole situation at this point. Right. I mean, obviously, she's she's seeing Billy kiss another woman who is not, yeah. not married. So then we go back to the house. Uh, David's friends are over playing poker, not studying, obviously making a mess. Like he's he's got like the messiest friends ever, just like chewing yeah. food and just like spilling it all over the place. That's a bunch of high school kids. One of the kids, uh, Charlie, the, the kid with the the, the backwards hat, uh, Marlon Taylor. He was in a Just the Ten of Us episode. We saw the one where um, where Graham makes the skateboard for for Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, I remember that one. Yeah, he's one of you know. Uh, David's kind of kids. looking like he's getting nervous. Uh, I guess because. It's and we find out it's not because he's worried about them getting home and seeing him playing poker. It's because they've been out on this date way too long, and David doesn't really want something going on with uh, his mom and Billy, right? That's right, right. I, I do like the fact here too that they're playing poker with like a deck of cards that have a bunch of animals on them instead of yeah, uh, and uh, way suits. more than four suits because there's like chickens and cats and ducks and pigs. bunnies and pigs. Yeah, like, not sure how that works out, but anyways. Um, his friends say that they want some snacks. Uh, the two sisters are like dressed up in who knows what kind of outfit. Victorian. Like, I didn't really understand that. Yeah. Whatever. So they've got the snacks. Uh, at this point, too, Billy and Mary get home. Uh, Mary questions if they were studying. And like you said earlier, like kind of like doesn't do anything about it. Like is kind of done well, with all, it real fast. Yeah, because they're all they like, all pull yes, out they random pull out books, a, right? A different book. Um, and she's like, oh, they must have been studying, in fact. Yeah, so she goes off either to bed or in the kitchen or something, and then Billy sits down at the poker table and's like, "I'm about to take all your money." I didn't understand this at all. This reminded me a lot of the smoking episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phoebe comes over. She tells Mary that uh, what she saw at the theater, she saw Shayna and Billy together, and Mary tells uh, Phoebe. All right, I gotta Everything. tell you the truth. We don't have a real marriage. This was done to do this, and, da, 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 and here's the whole situation. Um, seems like oh, and and he's living in the basement. And he's living in the basement. It seems like Phoebe doesn't understand at first exactly what's going on, but Mary asks Phoebe to promise not to tell Norman what's going on. Why would she do this? Like, why would she I, tell her? Tell her after she literally, literally just had a conversation involving this woman's husband where he says, I will rat you out every chance I get. By the way, here are two things that really make me mad. I mean, what's her other option to continue to try to hide it, though? And then now she thinks that her husband's cheating on her with uh, with the other girl. I have no idea. I'll tell you what. 
having her think that her husband is cheating on her with some other woman is not going to get Billy deported and is not going to get her in trouble for renting out an illegal apartment. Yeah, I and don't know. It's not like it's Billy's going to be mad. It is, but like you're going to just I I I was blown away that she was just like, here's everything. Yeah, don't, just don't just don't tell your husband that you're going to tell. All right, so we go back in the living room. Uh, David's counting all of his money. He's got like a hundred bucks. He's won. Uh, Billy I don't understand. Uh, Billy ends up taking all the money from David for some reason. I don't know why he took a hundred bucks, but uh, he yeah, did. He makes no sense. Uh, Billy goes in the kitchen, talks to Mary about the movie and what happened with Shayna and their awkward relationship. And then Billy says, uh, "You know, you are. There's probably stuff that happened in between here too." But he tells her, "You know, you're Nothing the first important. woman I've taken to House of Wax that hasn't melted." And then she <laughs> says, "You know." I'm not saying I'm not incapable of melting and then kisses Billy on the cheek, says goodnight, goes upstairs, and then Billy just has this like real weird awkward smile. Yeah, the only thing I will say here that is that is kind of relevant is that they kind of come to this agreement that they should do more things together to make it actually look like they are in fact together. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how this relationship continues. I mean, I guess we have a few more episodes before it gets canceled, right? Well, we have three more episodes on TGIF. There's another like six before it gets canceled. But okay. we'll, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're not going to wrap up the entire story in those 14 episodes. Oh, oh no. Like it's just going to kind of end off. I don't think. Yeah, uh, end of the so. episode, there's one more commercial break, which I wrote down. Honey Bunches of Oats, Murphy's Oil Soap, Mini Oreos, HIV, a couple shows, The Commish and the movie Crash Landing, and then a TGIF Baby Talk promo, which I'm not sure we've seen. Well, probably because we've only seen four of these, but... uh credits and then a abc special on jfk and then i think the news announcement maybe that you were talking about earlier was that after this or i know there was breaking news oh maybe it was after oh yeah maybe, maybe oh, no it, it might have been something week. in like russia or something that i'm thinking I about thought, yeah i thought it was last week that they did the jeffrey Dahmer yeah i think it was news. like breaking news like russia something something I was it, yeah i don't know um that yeah. honey bunches of notes ad, ad made me want to get some honey bunches of i remember notes. that commercial very clearly I, I do too. And I was like, man, those look good right now. Uh, you want to rank them? You want to go first, second? Oh man, I don't even know. Uh, I My favorite go... was Family Matters this week. I can tell you that. Um, I agree. I agree. I th- honestly would just put them right in order. You know, number one, Family Matters. Number two, Step by Step. Three, Baby Talk. And four, Billy. Um, Yeah, Baby Talk probably was better than Billy. Yeah, I'll go the same way. In the order okay. that they aired, one through four. Cool. Full week next week. Full week, Family Matters, season three, episode 20, Step by Step, season one, episode 19, Baby Talk, season two, episode 19, and Billy, season one, episode five. Thanks to Nick Adams for the theme song this week. Make sure you follow us on all social media at TGIFCast. YouTube, search Two Guys in the Fridays. And if you've got emails to send us, it's pretty easy to do. TGIFCast at gmail.com. Oh, hey, I wanted to mention, we are uh, we are official for GalaxyCon in Richmond. So come come to GalaxyCon. We don't know what time or, or what day we're going to be doing the show, but we will be doing a live show, GalaxyCon, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, come meet Kate from Lost and then uh, watch us they talk about... They had also another Lost person. They're putting together ooh, a Lost, ooh, 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 a lost ooh, ooh. panel. The, uh, the, the British woman who was one of the oh. others. Do you know who I'm talking about? Penny. No, not Penny. Not Penny? Not Penny. The, uh, no. Um... Then I don't care. It's it's definitely not Penny. It it like taller. Um, not not curly blonde hair lady. Not Penny's vote. 
I know who Penny is. It wasn't Penny. It was Curly. She does have curly blonde hair. No, I gotta know. I can't even remember. I'm I'm telling you, you're and you're gonna recognize her and be like, oh, who cares? She's um, probably a real secondary character, isn't she? She she's no, I mean she's one of the more one of the more prominent um others, but I mean obviously she's not like the main one. She's in a lot of other stuff too. She's I mean she's she's done a bunch. She's a, she's got a big role in Once Upon a Time. I'm going to the Lost panel. I don't care when it is. I'm going to it. Um, Rebecca Matter. Okay. She was Charlotte Lewis in Lost. Charlotte. Okay. And she's the Wicked Witch of the West in Once Upon a Time. It seems like a big role. I've never seen Once Upon a Time, but that sounds like it's probably a pretty big role, right? Huh. What's the Wicked Witch? Uh, but anyways, so yeah, and it looks like they're putting together a Lost panel. So because they've got what's her, what's the woman's name? I oh, yeah. uh, she was like a real weird character in Lost. I remember her. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Evangeline Lilly too. So that's the other Lost. Wait, did she uh, have red hair in Lost? She did have red maybe, hair in Lost. She did. Yeah, she yeah. does. You're right. You're right. I think she was she on the helicopter. She might have been on the helicopter. I can't, I can't that remember. That crashed man. with like the four people. <laughs> It's been so long, and I really didn't care after season three. I'm gonna watch all Lost again. Have fun. Love that. Have show. fun. I know you do. You really like that show. Four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. Or is that? Yeah. Is that Donnie Darko? That might be Donnie. No, Darko. you're right. You're. I'm surprised you don't have that tattooed somewhere. I thought about it. Um, what's that? I thought, thought about, about it. it. That is Donnie Darko. That's not Lost. That's not the 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 hatch code. It's not. It's, it sounds close. It might be. Um, uh, no, that is the hatch code. Donnie Darko's uh different number. <laughs> Anyways, we're we will we have been confirmed for GalaxyCon March 18th through 20th in Richmond, Virginia. We don't know what day, we don't know what time. We'll let you know as it gets closer. But come check it out. Come see us. Come say hi to people. Yeah, and we'll get the we'll give you guys the full con schedule of everything we're going to be at uh, as soon as we know it. Yep, absolutely. All right, man. Anything else, Steve? No. Talk about it. Lost. Want to do more Lost? 40, 15, 16, 23, 42. Is that Lost? That's the lottery numbers too. That uh, Hurley played to win the lottery. I know that. I know what I know what the numbers. I've watched every episode. You stopped um, at three, I thought. No, I just didn't care after three. No, I'm still good. Uh, that wasn't. Um, all right, man. Have a good week, Steve. You got it, dude. Friday night.